Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Violent Podcast. I am your host, Eric Mogala. And in the last episode of our four-episode series on Leopold Hour is the selection of repertoire. Specifically, what repertoire did Leopold Auer give to his pupils when teaching the violin? Let's get right into the content of today's episode. So in his book, which I highly recommend, and you've already, if you've been following along, that there's a lot of valuable information in Leopold Auer's violin playing as I teach it. It's his book on violin playing, which, you know, I'm always curious about what um, legendary violin pedagogues have done for their, in, uh, for their pupils. And I try to implement some of what I learn in these books and bring it into uh, the lesson. So I like to talk about some of the different interesting pieces that he selects for his students. And some of them may not be a surprise to you. And some of them might be a surprise. So if you're watching on the YouTube channel, make sure you leave a comment down below on which specific repertoire you found fascinating in his um, in his list. So here we go. Um, it's important to note that he talks a lot about etudes and he talks a lot about uh, sonatas and concertos, so they're all kind of in a mix. So I also want to emphasize that not all the repertoire he recommends are all fast. He actually emphasizes that there should be a combination of slow repertoire included in the development of a student. One of them being Chopin's Nocturne. And actually he talks specifically in the book um, um, let me just quote one page here. And the student may also take up one of the two books of Sarasota's Dances Espanoles, not forgetting to pay attention to the slow movements which occur in them, and one or another of the Chopin nocturnes of which Sarasate, Wilhelm, and I myself have made transcriptions. So it is important to apply the slow repertoire in your in in your students' kind of repertoire list. And actually, I'm guilty of not adding enough slow repertoire so maybe this could be a year of maybe slower repertoire for some of my students to establish a beautiful sound and beautiful tone so but i digress let's take a look at some of the the etudes that he recommends obviously he recommends the kreutzer's 40 uh etudes and something that i also recommend uh are the road caprices which he recommends all 24. And again, the road caprices might be slightly more difficult than the Kreutzer. However, I think that's a good stepping stone. If you go from Kreutzer to road, I know that's something that I've definitely studied when I was in um, college. Really find those to be absolutely beneficial for the violinist. He also goes to uh, Viotti Concerto in A minor, the Rhodes two Concertos, uh, Kreutzer's Concertos. He also talks about Vuitton, uh, and also, you know, when the when the student has established proficiency in musical and technical ability, then that's when you can kind of step up a little bit. And this is, of course, a more traditional pedagogical approach to violin studying. It, this is definitely not the Suzuki method. However, 
my personal experience is I like to start students off with Suzuki and then branch out to something more complex, like real music, like something that has real substance. Not that the that the Suzuki books have do not have substance, but I feel like for someone who is hungrier to get a more knowledge of the violin repertoire, this is a great kind of platform, like a stepping off point. So if you're listening, I hope that this helps. And then he also goes on to um, the Etudes by Ravelli, and he also talks about the don't caprices, which also, you know, don't is a great, great pedagogue, provided a lot of etudes, provided a lot of caprices. Um, that being said, moving on, we have Spores, number seven, number eight, the vocal center, as well as the concerto nine and D minor and, you know, G major and then with number 11. And that's where we start heading into the more difficult repertoire. Uh, we also have many pieces by Vignaski, like the Polonaises, uh, the Legenda, the Mazurkas, a lot of those provide a lot of beautiful technical ability uh, and technical practice for the, the young pupil, the young violinist. And then he also mentioned Sarasate, which was, who was a, um, a, a prominent violin performer of the day. Something that you, that we might consider if you're a beginner, if I were your teacher, and if you're a beginner student, I would probably recommend maybe some Wolfhart etudes. And that's something that was not mentioned in the book here that I would probably suggest for someone who is a, a complete beginner and wants something in addition to the Suzuki method, wants something a little bit more challenging to help with the dexterity of the left hand. Wolfhart is a great starting point as well. And then he goes on to mention the big concertos, Beethoven, Brahms, Tchaikovsky, Mendelssohn, you know, box six uh, sonatas, and also for slow repertoire of the Beethoven romances, um, some of the more modern, you know, in his day was more modern, uh, Chrysler. And great enough, uh, Leopold Auer also made wonderful transcriptions of a lot of these famous piano pieces as well that he uses to teach. Great piece of repertoire is Vignafsky's Concerto Number no. 2 in D minor. That's a pretty famous one that I remember back in high school I was studying. And that also helps a lot with the technique and it's really flashy and it's really fun to play especially that third movement it's you know one of those polish composers that i really greatly admire and um one thing and if you didn't know this total fun fact they have a wonderful statue of him in the poznan airport so if you're ever in poland and you're in poznan you will see uh, a statue of henrik winiawski when i was back in poznan back in 2018 so that was really fun. And then, of course, we have the different Handel sonatas. But specifically, we have the, the solo sonatas are wonderful to teach students because these are solo sonatas. And it's a, it's a great introduction to the solo sonatas. You don't have to go straight into the Bach. But Handel, Handel, I should say correctly, Handel should uh, be a great addition to a young pupil's repertoire. But then once you get into the, the more specific like traditional repertoire, you have Paganini Caprices, you have Paganini Concertos, which he, you know, he definitely briefly mentions here. I mean, this is not a very long chapter because he's just giving his his opinion about different books and in different repertoire. And even he says that he has not reached a definite conclusion on specific repertoire. He suggests that it depends on the teacher, depends on the individuality of 
the, the pupil, the student, uh, and sometimes these can be taken out of order depending on the student's progress. So if you're a teacher listening, don't feel like, you know, if you're kind of lost and trying to give your student repertoire, it doesn't have to be in any specific order. Every piece and every etude, every caprice achieves different goals. So if you are one of those who needs to have like a specific list, then, you know, this may not be specifically for you. It's good to have a general outline of these pieces when you're kind of planning out your year, planning out what you're going to be teaching and what you're going to be learning. A lot of the standards like a symphony espanol, like Saint-Saëns, Brook, Max Brook Violin Concerto, the G minor, that's an, another excellent one. Uh, in terms of concertos, the, the concerto is amazing. I love that Max Brook concerto. But this is the conclusion of our four-part series on Leopold Auer Violin Playing as I Teach It. This is the book, if you're watching on YouTube, this is the book that I've been referencing. And I'm going to leave uh, a link to that book down in the podcast show notes for you to grab a copy. It is not a difficult read. I believe it's around, how many pages is it? It's like, you know, less like around 100 pages. So it's it's an easy read and a lot of a lot of this book contains like wonderful references and personal stories um, with Leopold Auer and his experience in teaching and how he immigrated from this um, from Europe to the states and how he kind of helped reshape the the violent curriculum in in his own in his own mind. So I recommend you get this book. I think it should be on every violinist uh, violin shelf in terms of you know violin books and repertoires and resources i think this is a great great book i think you can get it for like 15 bucks so i'm going to leave that in the podcast show notes but thank you so much for tuning in to this four-part series and we'll be back with another series in the future for violin podcast and if you like this episode make sure you subscribe hit the notification so that way you get notified for when new episodes come out it really helps the podcast to get uh, more listenership and get the algorithms going to help reach more listeners. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.